This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. The NTL Now podcast is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility, Max Driving Academy, Jimmy's Park Hotel, Mansfield University, and Thompson Sports and Apparel. Now let's join the host of NTL Now, here's Shane Wilbur. Welcome back, NTL Sports fans. It's the NTL Now podcast back and ready to go for another week as we talk NTL Sports. And, of course, uh, we're going to talk some accolades this week as well. We've got some great interviews on the horizon. But I'll tell you what, man, it has been a busy week uh, with some coaching mixed in, uh, just some scheduling kind of bounced around. So uh, I'm seeing kind of a trend brewing here in my life that, uh, you know, the uh, podcast is probably going to be more of a later week thing. So I wouldn't expect the podcast out uh, any later than where, or any earlier rather than probably Wednesday, maybe even Thursdays. It's just kind of the way the fall season has been setting up for me. But uh, regardless, we'll still have uh, a schedule to go through anyway. All right, folks, uh, before we really dive into the podcast this week, uh, first, want to pass out some accolades uh, to Athens Mason Huey. Congratulations to him on a 50th goal scored this week in boys soccer action. Also uh, want to give a big shout out to Priscilla Newton of Wells or of Wyalusing, I should say. Uh, Newton from Wyalusing earning her 500th career dig on the volleyball scene earlier this week as well. So congratulations to those NTL athletes for those accolades. Uh, like I said, you know, we're going to start diving into a lot more of the NTL sports season as we uh, continue on here in the coming weeks. Today, actually, though, we've got a couple of nice guests on the horizon here this week. We're going to have a chat with the Wellsboro golf coach, who's now the man of 200 wins. That's Coach Steve Masensky from Wellsboro, so definitely looking forward to talking with him coming up here in just a little bit. And, of course, also later on in the podcast, we're going to talk NTL football with Kalineski Valley head coach Mike Schmidt. I got to tell you, there cannot be a more happy coaching staff in the NTL than Kalineski Valley after the big win they pulled last week over the Sarah Redskins and now get ready for another matchup with Northwest this week. But, hey, it's always fun to sit down and talk Kalineski Valley football uh, with head coach Mike Schmidt as well. So that's something that is on the horizon, too, coming up here uh, a little bit later on in the podcast this week. However, as we get this week started, uh, it's actually going to begin a little bit uh, on a somber note, but uh, also I want to kind of make it a celebratory note as well. Of course, uh, for those of you in the NTL sports scene, uh, you know, from years past, uh, we all this week, or over the past week, I should say, uh, were made aware of the passing of legendary sports editor, sports writer, man of statistics himself, Mr. Bob Baker. And, of course, a uh, big uh, shout-out and thoughts, prayers, and uh, support to all of Bob's family, all the listeners out there who definitely, uh, you know, shared some thoughts of theirs on social media. I know there was a lot of uh, area media men and ladies who shared, uh, you know, their thoughts and uh, well wishes and everything else uh, when it came to, uh, you know, celebrating uh, the memories that we all had uh, with Bob. And, you know, I, I kind of had a little moment uh, to do some things like that on Facebook. But, uh, you know, I kind of felt like that really didn't uh, do it uh, the justice, I thought, maybe that uh, Bob deserved. And, you know, kind of just taking it back a little bit here, reflecting on, you know, some of the memories that I had uh, in, in knowing Bob. Uh, we really didn't meet probably, I would say, until about uh, the fall season of 2007. It was pretty much uh, when Tawanda was on their big run in football uh, with Jake Lamphere, Adam Harris. It was pretty much that postseason uh, where I got the opportunity to really sit down and, uh, you know, kind of talk with Bob a lot more. Uh, we, we shared a lot of sports stories and such along the way. It was kind of interesting. Uh, it was then that I actually learned that uh, he was the guy who actually covered me when I was in high school. So, I mean, to kind of talk about uh, some old stories, uh, you know, along the sports scene with Bob, uh, that was something that uh, w was a lot of fun. But, you know, along the way and along the years, I think what really made uh, a lot of fun memories with Bob was is he would just he was always so diligent in his work. 
uh, whether or not he was writing for the paper, uh, writing for the Northern Tier Sports Report, of course, uh, you know, here uh, towards uh, the end of time for him. But, you know, he, he was always so diligent. He was always, you know, emailing me during the week whenever we were doing broadcasts. Hey, Wilbur, do you have rosters for me? Hey, Wilbur, you know, I'm going to start looking up stats uh, for this uh, coming team. You know, whether or not we were covering a regular season game, whether or not we were covering a playoff game, it didn't matter. Uh, Bob was just uh, such a man of uh, due diligence. He was always prepared. He was always somebody that, you know, as a person in sports journalism or, you know, broadcasting, you could just idolize by his work ethic and, you know, the things that he would do uh, to help make, uh, you know, either a broadcast well or an article, uh, you know, as fun as possible to read. You know, he always wanted to make sure uh, that he had his bases covered. Now, of course, you know, the lighter side of Bob was always fun to talk, you know, national sports and everything like that. I mean, he was a big Jets fan, a big Mets fan, and I would always harass him for both. I mean, me being a Braves fan and a Cowboys fan, we always had a lot of classic conversations, you know, and it was funny because every time he'd come into the booth with me, his uh, big thing to me would always be, okay, Wilbur, what's your upset special this week, you know, when it came to football season or, you know, even uh, March Madness, something like that. Uh, you know, we always just kind of found a way to make things uh, really light and fun whenever we had the opportunity uh, to work with each other. And, you know, it's just uh, one of those instances in life where, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to sit here and, you know, I've, I've had my moments to kind of sit back and reflect, and I wasn't really sure how I was going to approach this this week. But, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what, I, I want to live in the happy memories that I had uh, the opportunity to share with Bob. And one of the funniest stories, I think, uh, that I ever had with him was uh, it was the uh, opening Friday Night Lights game uh, that was played at Canton High School. Uh, the first time the Warriors were debuting the lights, uh, the game itself did not turn out well for Canton, but it was just a great celebration that night in the fact that Canton was debuting lights uh, at Miller A. Moyer Field. And Bob came there, and uh, I actually did a wiggle broadcast that night kind of celebrating it. We did a tailgate and everything. And we sat in the press box, and it was no more, I think, Five minutes before we were ready to go on the air, he's watching the lights kind of beam up and everything, and he just looked at me and he's like, "Wilbur, I just don't know if I'm used if I'm ever going to get used to this. I just feel like Canton football is for Saturdays, and I just don't know if I'm ever going to get used to this. And I'm not going to lie to you, folks." As we kept on going, uh, we, we would do some Saturday games along the way. We'd do some Saturday playoff games and such, too, in Canton. And he would just always look at me and he would be like, okay, Saturday, Saturdays are just a lot better. And, you know, he, he, it, was just, it was just fun to watch the look on his face seeing uh, Friday night football in Canton. Now, eventually, he'd get used to it. He'd come, he'd do the game, we'd have fun. He always enjoyed the Canton press box, and that was always fun for him, you know. And, and another great memory and something I just I loved about him was in all of his due diligence, there was <laughs> – he bought this, like, headlight. And by headlight, I mean this light he could literally Velcro strap – Velcro strap, I should say – around the top of his hat. And he would just, he knew I didn't like the lights on in the press box because I just, I wanted to be able to see as much of the field as possible without light glare whenever we had windows. And he'd bring this light and he'd literally shut the lights off in the box. He'd throw that light on. He'd let it shine on his yellow tablet so he could keep his stats. And he'd always just say, I'm here for you, partner. I got you. And I was like, I, I just, I'd shake my head. I'd smile. And, you know, it's funny because I look back on it now. And I just always thought it was just the craziest thing in the world. But, you know, to know Bob was to know that that's just what uh, made him special because he was always going to do what he had to do to make, uh, like I said, a broadcast or a news article the best it could be. And there was nothing that was going to keep him from keeping the best stats that he could uh, for a ball game uh, wherever he was, whether it be football, basketball. You know, I didn't really get the opportunity to do a lot of baseball with him. I think we did a couple of playoff games at Bowman Field together. But uh, for the most part, you know, we were together through football and baseball season, but man, I'm telling you, you know, when that news dropped last week uh, of the passing of Bob, you know, uh, there was a little part of me last week that uh, really just, 
uh, you know, you hit that wall of, oh my gosh, you know, like this was a guy that like I had worked closely with, you know, in broadcast over the last couple of years, over the last few years anyway. And I mean, he was just one of those characters that, uh, you know, he's definitely always going to have uh, a fond place with me. And, uh, you know, Bob, uh, I just uh, hopefully, you know, you're uh, shining down on us. And uh, I just want you to know, man, that, uh, you know, you definitely had a really great impact on this broadcaster's life. And I know you touched a lot of lives. And I just hope that all the listeners out there have an opportunity to, you know, have somebody who can affect your life both personally and professionally uh, the way that uh, Bob not only did mine, but uh, many of the folks around him as well. I mean, you saw a lot of stories this week from the likes of Brian Fees, Tim Burney, you know, just many of his uh, cohorts in the sports world of all the great impacts uh, he had on all of them. And, uh, you know, personally as well, with all the laughs and smiles that we were able to share in the press box. And, you know, that's the Bob Baker I'm going to remember. The man who uh, shared a lot of stories, the man who always had his briefcase, his uh, hat light, and uh, that pen always ready to write. And, uh, Bob, you know, I, I hope, uh, you know, that you're listening. I hope that, uh, you know, you're shining down. You always love the podcast. And uh, for you, my friend, uh, I hope you're at peace now. And uh, as always, many thoughts and prayers to the Baker family uh, during this time. But, uh, yes, uh, a true legend uh, that we lost this week. Uh, in Bob Baker. And I want to thank all of the listeners out there for indulging me for a quick moment to uh, give a little remembrance to my good friend Bob Baker. And of course, as we continue on now here on the podcast, we're going to talk NTL golf with Wellsboro coach Steve Masensky. That's next after this timeout right here on the NTL Now podcast. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Thompson Sports and Apparel in Canton is your one-stop shop for clothing and apparel. Whether it's t-shirts, hats, sweatpants, sweatshirts, jewelry, or blankets, they can personalize or customize just about anything. If your school, club, or sports league is planning a fundraiser, call Thompson Sports and Apparel and see how they can help at 570-673-3655. That's Thompson Sports and Apparel in Canton. Open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5, and Saturdays 9 to 1. And welcome back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. Always a great time to talk with new coaches anytime we get the opportunity to. And right now we're going to have the opportunity to talk with the man of 200 wins in the NTL golf scene. It is Wellsboro coach Steve Masensky. Coach, thanks so much for taking some time this week. Let's talk some golf here on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Coach, you know, I got to ask you, you know, how did you – get into the golf coaching scene? I mean, was this something you kind of grew up playing golf? You just like coaching golf? Or is this just something where the the school needed a golf coach and you're like, sure, I'll do it? Uh, I actually grew up playing golf, though I grew up in Gelton. We didn't have a golf team. Uh, we would have to just play in the summertime in between all the other sports that we played. But golf has always been a big part of my life from 15 on to now when I'm 51. And been playing or been a member of the club ever since and the job came open and I applied for it actually the first time and didn't get it and then it came open three years later and they gave it to me so you know I gotta ask I mean is it tough being a coach watching your players out there kind of doing their thing and not wanting to walk up grab a club and maybe uh, try and take a <laughs> shot yourself oh yes it's very hard sometimes to watch somebody for putt or, or double chip or something like that, that it's, yeah, it, it, it can be very difficult, but most of the kids don't want me watching anyway. They tell me to stay away. So I, uh, I try to respect that sometimes and just let them do their thing. They play better sometimes without somebody watching them. You know, it's something that's interesting to me, and, I, and I've talked with people along the way here in the Northern Tier League about this. I feel like golf is one of those sports here in the league 
that's on the rise. You know, I feel like more kids are being more attracted to golf because, you know, it's kind of become like the summer uh, just kind of hobby for people. You know, dads are taking their kids out, and now golf's kind of uh, finding its own way here in the league. I mean, you've been around it now for five or six years here in the NTL. Uh, what's your take? Am I wrong? Does it feel like the sport's growing more? From, from what I can see, yes. I mean, the, just the introduction of Wyalusing coming back with a team this past couple of years now, uh, I run a summer program at, at Toyota Country Club, too, for the youth group from, like, age third grade to eighth grade, and and we usually have 25 to 30 kids that participate in that every year. Uh, I mean, my numbers are down a little bit this year, but like you said, I, I see a lot of, actually, the Wellsboro football players at the golf course all summer long. The, there's, like, probably 10 of them that play in all summer that don't play on the golf team, but they're still interested in the sport. You know, and it's something that's interesting to me is, I, you know, and just from my own personal playing, I don't know how a team goes out and dominates week in, week out. I feel like this is a sport where, you know, if more than anything, you know, any given match, any team can win just because you don't know who's going to have their game on any given day. I mean, golf, for those who might not know, I, I think is that tricky of a sport. Yeah, I would agree, especially this year at the NTL. This is the most the the most teams this year that have an opportunity to win from week to week we've we've had three matches and three different winners in the first three matches in the NTL and and that's that hasn't happened in the, in the last five years that I've been coaching in our league it's usually one team sometimes has just got five really good players and everybody else is just you know a level below them but this is where now this this season where we got four teams that are competing. Uh, for a championship, and, and any, any one of the four, I think, can win. You know, they look at, uh, you know, records. They see 205 wins uh, that go on now your record here since you've been hired as the coach in uh, 2015. So, you know, Coach, I'm going to ask you because, you know, there's probably listeners of the podcast who don't know how this is tallied. I know I'm the host of this podcast. I don't even know how these wins are tallied. So kind of give yeah. us a breakdown here. How, how are wins tallied in golf? Is this by, like, individual matchups? How does this work? Yeah, and, and in the NTL now we have seven teams, so we play seven different matches, one one match a week. So when we go to a different course, there's always a home team. We'll go to that course, and you're competing against six different schools at the same time. So if you win the match, if you have the lowest score of the match, you come out 6-0. and uh, If you come in last, you're 0-6. And that's the way it's been uh, throughout the NTL for the seven years that I've been doing it. Uh, some schools actually will play other non-league matches. You might only play one or two schools at the time. And if you beat them both, you could be 2-0 and or 1-1. and So, yeah, it, it's a head-to-head, -head, kind of like a track event, like a multi-team track event. Now, what is it uh, about this year's team that has you excited uh, about, uh, you know, keeping that Wellsboro tradition going uh, as far as golf goes? I mean, do you have upperclassmen? Is it younger classmen that you can kind of look at and say, okay, you know, maybe the uh, the younger kids are going to be, you know, kind of a nice building block uh, going forward? I mean, what is it about this 2021 squad that's really got you excited? I, I, have, I have three 10th graders and three 11th graders right now in the starting lineup. Uh, and some of those kids have been working really, really hard between their freshman and sophomore years, like playing a lot of golf this summer. Two of them actually work for me at the golf course in this pro shop. So they're there like every day and, and you can see them, their development and growing and, and their desire to play. So we have a young team that could be good, for the next two or three years with these three 10th uh, graders and the 11th graders will be moving up to be seniors next year. So we'll have everybody back again. That's always good to have a nucleus like that, uh, you know, no matter what the sport is, as long as you've got, you know, a little, uh, a good building block, I guess I should say, uh, when it comes to anything. So, you know, for maybe just the casual person out there, you know, who's uh, never been to a golf match, you know, to be out there to uh, support the kids. I mean, kind of, you know, take me through like a, a golf match here in the NTL. I mean, is this pretty much a sport where, you know, a lot of the kids kind of know who they're going to be facing off with every week and, you know, they kind of have an idea of, you know, the the type of competitiveness they're going to have to be at? Yeah, they most of the kids, they become friends with all the other kids from the other schools. You know, they get Snapchat 
uh, addresses and they're texting each other and, and they know each other, but they're all, it's all a friendly rivalry. Nobody, nobody in golf has, you know, you're not, you're not like your bitter rival where you just hate them or anything like that. All these kids seem to get along really well. We all get there, you know, all 42 kids or whatever number they have every week. We all start at, they start at the same time on a different hole. Uh, you, you bait, you pair them up based on average. So from week to week, a lot of the kids will be playing with a lot of the same kids or, you know, at least throughout the season, we'll play with this one or two kids that they know uh, and have played with in the past. So they, they all become friends and, and, and it's just good. It's a good, fun little rivalry that they can develop, but it's, it's also not real intense that you're, you know, at the end of the day, they're happy for each other. So now you get the opportunity to practice with your kids now between matches. I mean, what's a what's a golf practice like? I mean, is this where, you know, you're taking them to, like, the rough? Okay, today we're going to work on chipping. You know, tomorrow maybe we work on putting. I mean, take me through, like, a, a typical golf practice here. I mean, what are what are some of the things you're definitely looking to work on? I mean, I, I would think, you know, maybe uh, driving wedges. I mean, come on, take me through the list here. Yep. Uh, we do all the same exact things that you're talking about. We're lucky where, where we're at at Tioga, there's a practice area on top of the hill. There's a putting green, uh, a bunker, and there's a tee box that has about 200 yards of open space that we can hit, you know, up to, you know, a five iron or something up there uh, where it's, you know, open and free for everybody. The driving range is next door. Uh, we don't use it too often, but, uh, so you, you're going up there one day, you're going to work on short game, putting, chipping, put a couple baskets out, uh, 50 yards, 60 yards, hit balls to those to develop your swing on the short swing. Then we'll work on full swings. Other days, they'll just go out and play nine holes of golf just to be on the course itself. Uh, then whenever we can find an opportunity to hit drivers, you know, we'll sneak out onto one of the holes late at night when there's not as many people around and hit drivers up and down the fairway. You know, the best part I think about golf is uh, just kind of like the, the friendly disputes over clubs sometimes, you know. Uh, a kid might want to use, you know, said iron. Uh, you know, maybe his buddy will tell him, no, you should probably use this. I got to ask you, Coach, you've been around this sport for uh, a little while now. Do you ever have that time where you have to lay your foot down and say, no, you're using this club when a kid's trying to convince you to use another one? But I've never, I've never had to, to – do that to the to the sternness what i said you can't hit it i do recommend it a lot of times there's a lot of kids that love to hit the driver and you get a lot of shorter holes where you really don't need a driver especially even like at our course there's a lot of holes that you can get away with less club but there's also times you know you see a lot of the young kids that aren't real good at golf or even knowledgeable about it if you hit it in a rough and the rough is thick they're in there trying to hit it out with a three wood or a, a five iron or something that you just out of the grass and, and advancing forward, then you watch them hit it, and it just kind of rolls 10 feet in front of them, and you're like, you know, you need to add loft if it won't get to the green. You know, we try to, you try to encourage that, but sometimes some kids are uh, going to do what they want to do anyway. Ah, the stubbornness of golfers. I can't imagine where that ever came into play. I mean, uh, I, I have to admit, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I feel like, okay, maybe I can hit this, you know, and sometimes I'll do something else that's stupid, but that's why I'm not playing in a competitive yep. league like the NTL. So I guess that's where we are with that. All right, Coach, so as we, uh, you know, broached the 2021 uh, roster a little bit earlier, you know, and you kind of talked about uh, the depth and kind of the building blocks you have, uh, talk about the season now, what you have coming up, uh, what you're looking forward to, what you feel like maybe your team needs to work on here. Yeah, we have uh, our next match is over at uh, River Valley, Talineski, or uh, I guess it's Northern Tioga School Districts, their home course. It's a course that I'm very familiar with and the kids are familiar with because it's, it's only 30 minutes from us. So we, we have a couple of the courses that are closer. So we're really looking forward to going there. It's a little more open, a little bit uh, easier course for the kids. Uh, then we have to go back to Tawando, which is is an advantage for some of the other schools that play there more often. And then we finally get our home match, which is like the, the third one coming up towards next to the last of the year, which is a, Tioga is a difficult course, and you would hope that that gives us an advantage because they play it every day. It doesn't always turn out that way for us every year in the past, but it certainly could be that one that might give us the advantage this year. And then, you know, districts will follow at the end of the year, which is always fun. I have a couple kids that have potential to 
to maybe move on to the second day of districts and see what, what they can do from there. All right, Coach, so I'll get you out of here uh, with this one here on the podcast this week. And, again, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun talking golf with you. But what do you feel like, you know, your team must work on now uh, as you come down this stretch uh, with the matches that are remaining? I mean, where do, where do you see, uh, you know, a lot of the kids needing to uh, improve uh, or just improve as a team, I guess I should say? Yeah, to me what I can see is still the short game. When it comes down to when you get around the green – uh, these these kids, their ability to chip the ball close to the hole and then find a way to get the ball in the hole once they're on the green. You see way too many putts that go by the hole four, five, six feet, and then they miss it coming back because they're so aggressive with the first putt. They want to make that first one, even if it's for a par or a birdie or an eagle, but whatever it is, they, they just want to make that, and they hit it just way too hard. Just working on uh, speed on the greens is the most important right now. We could shape quite a few strokes by uh, – getting that under control. He's not the man of 200 wins for nothing, and uh, any type of advice he has, I'll definitely listen to, and hopefully his team is as well. Head coach Steve Masensky from Wellsboro, 205 wins for his career. Coach, congrats to you on the 200 wins, and uh, good luck to you and the Hornets throughout the rest of this golf season. All right, thank you very much. Wellsboro golf coach Steve Masensky there with us here on the NTL Now podcast this week. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we dive into week two NTL football talk. And coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk week three and more NTL football with Kalineski Valley head coach Mike Schmidt. That's all still to come here as the NTL Now podcast continues right here this week. Jimmy's Park Hotel in Canton is geared up and ready for the fall sports season. Stop into Jimmy's today and find out about all their great weekly promotions, including Northern Tier Night on Wednesdays for teachers, staff, and employees. Don't forget about Thirsty Thursday with pizza pitcher specials, and of course, football weekends, including Yingling Drafts on Saturday and Miller Lite Drafts on Sunday. Follow Jimmy's Park Hotel on Facebook for more details, and of course, their weekly dinner specials. Call 570-673-8777. Endless Mountain Brace Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Brace Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain Brace and Mobility in Troy. And we are back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. Of course, a big thanks to all of our great sponsors out there for making the podcast possible each and every week. And, of course, don't forget, folks, coming up here in uh, you know a later episode, uh, we're going to be passing out our NTL Athlete of the Week accolades as well, keeping a tally for the month of September. And, uh, man, oh, man, we've had some great ones already, uh, including, uh, as we reveal some of the early ones right now, uh, Nolan Oswald of Wyalusing, a big week one football action for him. Uh, Cooper Kitchen of Canton for his week two performance last week. So we've got some NTL Athlete of the Week shirts. We'll be giving, it, or giving out rather to those guys coming up here at a uh, later date and time uh, once we get those and of course a big thanks to Thompson Sports and Apparel in Canton and of course Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility uh, for the t-shirts this season uh, for the NTL Now Podcast Athlete of the Week and of course we'll talk about more coming up as the sports season continues uh, throughout uh, the fall here and continuing on as the year goes but as I said before the break it is time to talk some NTL football just a quick recap here of week number two last week and and, uh, you know, I still think there are some unanswered questions uh, going into, uh, you know, this third week of the season. But I think one question that has been answered is the Canton Warriors are a fierce and fast team overall, uh, you know, from both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. Now, I know there are a lot of questions uh, still to be answered here and a lot of uh, season to go. But I'll tell you what, they have put up uh, two very dominant performances here in the early going, uh, you know, in week one, winning 48-7 to over North Penn Mansfield. And then, of course, uh, in week number two, 
dominating Tawanda by a score of 52 to nothing. So, I mean, overall, uh, Canton coming out of the gate very strong. Looking forward uh, to, uh, you know, seeing how they come out of the gate here in week three as they get ready to head to South Williamsport. Well, I'll actually uh, talk with Coach Schmidt of Kalineski Valley about this one. He's got some insight on uh, South Williamsport as they played CV in week one. Now, another question that comes to mind is, okay, what do we make now of these Sarah Redskins? Are they the team that was dominant in week number one? Are they the team that, uh, you know, found themselves on the road and uh, went up against a very tough Kalineski Valley team and uh, found themselves uh, kind of in a dogfight through the night? I mean, is this the, the high-powered offense or is this the team that's going to have to kind of find a way to grind some things out? You know, I'm very curious to see uh, what we get uh, out of the Redskins here uh, coming up in week number three, you know, another one of those questions answered, uh, you know, well, that would be another one, rather, I should say, that gets answered coming into week number three. Also, I mean, we've got uh, the Troy Trojans uh, heading into week three, now one and one on the season, losing to Bald Eagle area week one. They were able to top Athens last week by a score of 12 to nothing. But, you know, have we seen what Troy's going to be this year? Or, you know, is there still more to come as the season goes on? I mean, I'm happy for Troy. They got the win in week number two, but I, I still don't think we've seen the best of what Troy is uh, going to put out there just yet. You know, I think, you know, with the young kids, they're still trying to find their ground, still find their way. So I'm curious to see uh, what Troy team comes out of the gate here on Friday night. And, of course, uh, I'll have them uh, on the Wiggle Sports Network coming up on Friday uh, when they are home with Central Columbia. So interested to see my first look at the Trojans. And, of course, you know, on the other side of the field, you've got their opponent, the Athens Wildcats. Athens, of course, with a big performance in week one uh, over Hampton over area now the Wildcats uh, you know last week uh, get shut out on the field and that in itself kind of tells a little story about how good Troy's defense must be because that Athens lineup is very high powered I mean there is no way a team with Mason Lister at quarterback Shane Reed as kind of a hybrid uh, running back and or receiver a J.J. Babcock should be held off the scoreboard I mean uh, that right there should tell a story just of how good uh, Troy's defense was last week so I mean if Troy's, uh, you know, defense is able to hold them down to nothing, I can only imagine uh, how much better uh, that Troy defense is going to get as the season goes. But uh, definitely uh, expecting more uh, out of the Athens Wildcats uh, offense as the season goes on. So don't be surprised if they come out of the gate and explode for a lot of points uh, coming up here this week as well. Now, also, uh, you know, something that's interesting to me, uh, you know, why losing in North Penn Mansfield, uh, kind of flipping the coin uh, from their week one performances. Why losing had the big win uh, in week one over Montrose. North Penn Mansfield, of course, they found themselves uh, on a bad end against the Warriors. Now, why losing comes to North Penn Mansfield in week two. Panthers gritted out. They come away with the victory. Wyalusing now uh, goes home, and now they've got to try and turn things around and get ready here for a Week 3 matchup this week as well. So, I mean, kind of curious to see what we uh, get out of these two teams. I know North Penn Mansfield is uh, on the horizon. Uh, they're going to be heading to Bald Eagle area this week. Wyalusing uh, actually probably just about ready to kick off as this podcast is being recorded as they've got the early matchup this week with Muncie. This is going to be a big telltale for the Rams this week, uh, how they come out and perform against this Muncie Indians team because uh, Muncie, as you know, they're going to be uh, one of the more high-powered offenses in District 4, uh, especially uh, down on the lower side, you know, in the Class A pool. And, of course, they're going to be right there in the thick of things as the season goes on. So definitely uh, a lot of questions here still remaining as we are into week two, but uh, definitely one that I said that's been answered already is, uh, you know, how fast are the Warriors, uh, you know, on their offensive and defensive sides. And holy cow, there is just a lot of speed and uh, a lot of togetherness out there. So definitely uh, looking forward to seeing how they do now as they head on the road this week to South Williamsport. So we'll uh, see, you know, how this all pales as we head towards, uh, you know, week three and uh, beyond here. But uh, yeah, definitely. 
definitely uh, an interesting week two out there in the Northern Tier League for football, that's for sure. And speaking of an interesting week two, I'll tell you what, we had uh, a big one on Saturday night. The Sarah Redskins coming to Kalineski Valley. Kalineski Valley comes away with the win. How much uh, of an impact will that have on the season? Does this propel the Indians to bigger and better things? Does this boost the confidence for this squad? These are questions that I'm going to talk with head coach Mike Schmidt with coming up. The NTL Now podcast continues with head coach Schmidt after these messages right here on the NTL Now podcast. At Mansfield University, we're proud to offer affordable, life-changing education with more than 40 degree programs. From two-year degrees to bachelor's and master's programs, Mansfield University has something for everyone. Small class sizes allow students to receive a personalized, hands-on education, making the value of your degree go even further. Learn how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. You've got the newly permitted teenage driver in the family, but the patience to teach them just isn't there. That's why you call Max Driving Academy in Canton. Max Driving Academy will make sure your teenage driver is ready to be the safest driver on the road. That's Max Driving Academy. Call Tim Mackinich today, 570-404-7815. Or for more information, visit maxdrivingacademy.com or like Max Driving Academy on Facebook. That's Max Driving Academy, Canton. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back here on the NTL Now podcast this week. And this right here is one of the uh, always fun interviews I enjoy, of course, getting the opportunity to talk with Kalineski Valley head football coach Mike Schmidt. He is one of only two three-time appearances, guys, here on the podcast. So uh, he is definitely one of the more well-known voices here. And uh, Coach Schmidt, thanks again for taking some time this week. And, uh, man, it's great that it's football season. Oh, it's been beautiful, man. The weather's been good. We had a little bit of bad storms those first weeks, but, man, it's just nice to get out and see faces and see bodies out playing ball. It's been great. All right, Coach. Now, obviously, I would love to sit here and break down X's and O's, but that's really not what uh, I want to know about here this week. Coach, you know, you have the uh, tough one at South Williamsport week one. You bounce back with a really nice statement win last week over the Sarah Redskins. I mean, seriously, tell me about just kind of the, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say impact yet. Uh, just kind of give me like the attitude of the guys, you know, coming into the locker room after a statement win like that. Well, you know, we... We knew that we played poorly uh, after we had a two-day halftime against South Williamsport. We actually played pretty well on Friday night, and then the halftime came, and uh, South Williamsport put it on us that Monday. But uh, we knew that we, we had some opportunities and made some mistakes. So the attitude of the guys is just, you know, one of excitement because we really haven't had that opportunity to feel that, you know, to feel that victory of a, of a team that you're not really supposed to beat. And we've been talking about it now for a couple of years about just getting a taste of that. So I think they it helped them to get a taste of it to kind of push themselves forward to the next step. Now I've got to know. I mean, a win like that on Friday has to make those guys excited to come in and get ready for this week of practice. Obviously, as you get ready for Northwest, so kind of give me the the full week of the guys. Now, have you noticed maybe a little extra bounce in the step uh, from the guys this week as you prepare for Northwest? Well, let me tell you. You know we. We talk about last week. I've been hearing now for about, I don't know, a season and a half. Everybody comes to me and says, boy, that's the hardest playing CV team we've ever seen. That's the best CV team we've ever seen. And, and we were still not having any, really any success. And so uh, one of the things we talked about after the South Williamsport game was we're kind of tired of hearing that. You know, we want to actually kind of take the step forward to be a good team that plays hard but that can pull out a victory. So, I feel like uh, kind of the way Friday played out, that, the, that we had to overcome a lot of mistakes and some other things we did wrong. I just feel like this week the kids really kind of understand that practice is about getting better every week, 
not really about whether or not you win on Friday night, but about whether or not you improve on your mistakes you made the week before. So I've seen that this week, and I've been really pleased with it. Now, something that's been interesting uh, along this whole process, even when you know you and I sat down together the first time you were introduced uh, to all the other coaches uh, at Media Day, was you said uh, you know to everybody in the room, listen, we're tearing it down. We're building a whole new culture, and I just feel like a win like this is what really kind of puts that stamp on it, you know, where you can say, you know what, I really feel like I'm starting to get through to these guys uh, to a point where, you know, I think they're really starting to believe what I'm saying. I mean, do you as a coach, you know, can you relate to that? I mean, does that kind of echo some truth? Well, you know, Shay, I've been through this a few different times. I've, I've, I've had two other programs that were in the same shape that I've taken over. And it's just, it really is funny how things kind of start to play out, and it's exactly what you're talking about. You say things, and kids don't really get it until you do it. And then once they see it, they kind of understand, well, maybe this guy ain't full of it. Maybe he actually is, is trying to get us the right way. So you gotta you got to win the trust of, of the young men uh, that what you're telling them is the right way to do things. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen it, I've seen it kind of slowly improving, and, and I, I feel like it's definitely moving forward. You know, what's interesting also is, uh, for those of you who don't know out there, you know, I think a lot of people out there don't really under understand or appreciate all the hard work that goes in in the off season as well. Now, uh, for Kalineski Valley, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, work in there. But I know uh, earlier this summer uh, you had a seven-on-seven night where, uh, you know, you brought the guys to Canton. You know, you, you wanted to see where, you know, your guys were uh, with – you know, as far as like Canton, who's got a lot of speed out there, obviously, you know, that's something yeah. you've been building around. And of course, you know, for Canton, an opportunity to kind of see how they matched up. And, you know, what was interesting is I think both teams kind of walked off that field that night saying, wow, there, there's definitely a lot of athletic talent, uh, you know, from both coaching staffs, I think, uh, when both teams walked off the field that night. Yeah. For us, it's seven on seven for me has always been about getting experience about that. I, I think when you're a team that doesn't have the numbers, that doesn't have the size, uh, throwing the football at the high school level is important. So, yeah, there's no doubt. When we went against Canton, I knew they had speed and aggression. You know, they're a tough group of kids and well-coached. So that's what we wanted to do. We did that. We also went to a, a camp uh, down at uh, uh, East Strasburg, and then we did another seven-on-seven. Seven. We've been trying to do those a lot because – even though we have some, we have a few senior receivers. One that is obviously back that was good last year. Our quarterback is pretty fresh, and a lot of our other guys that had to step up are pretty fresh. So uh, it was good for us. We got better at that at that seven on seven by the end than we were at the beginning, and that's all you can really ask in the offseason. So, coach, you know, I want to or I want to give you the opportunity here to kind of, you know, talk about your team a little bit. I mean, for those of us here, you know, over towards, you know, like the Canton, Tawanda, you know, North Penway, you know, the fans out there, you know, they might not know, you know, who are who are guys that are like really, uh, you know, kind of opening eyes uh, this year out uh, for Kalineski Valley. I mean, I know you got guys on the outside. Uh, talk yeah. about, you know, the guys yeah. in the interior. I mean, kind of, you know, highlight your team here a little bit, man. I mean, Kalineski <laughs> Valley's the buzz this week, buddy. Well, let me tell you, we got a kid. His name's Cade Sotolano. He was a hell of a wrestler. I think he was. I think he only had one loss. He hurt his shoulder in districts or regionals, I believe, and and couldn't finish out for the state tournament. He's about six three, two eighty. Um, before he blew his shoulder out, he was benching close to three hundred. The kid, I mean, he was like he was like a month out of shoulder shoulder surgery. He was already back to deadlift and five hundred pounds. He's he's quite the quite the strong and you know, tough kid. Uh, we're really excited. He had to have shoulder uh, surgery. His labrum had to be re uh, repaired. And But he's had a great, great first couple of games. And the more confidence he gets in the strength of his shoulder, the better he is. And Mike Sips is also a wrestler, had a great wrestling uh, season. Uh, he plays our middle. He had two picks against Sarah. Uh, one, one off of a kind of a zone blitz type thing we did. And then another one with just a great drop. And he plays – he's probably one of our best athletes, but he weighs 220 and he plays offensive guard. But at Will Backer, he really is a kid. I think he had like 15 tackles against South Williamsport. Um, and then on the outside, we got Tanyan Brown, who's back from last year. And then uh, Tucker St. Peter, who was a hell of a baseball player. He broke – he was our quarterback last year and got hit uh, in about week three and couldn't finish out the season. So we moved him to receiver because the kid that came in, Jake Schmidt, had a pretty good uh, had a pretty good end of the season, so we kind of thought 
having a lot of speed on the outside because Tucker's a great athlete who could help us. Um, and that was great for us. And Jake is, uh, Jake's a more of a facilitator. He's not, you know, he's not going to dominate a game at quarterback, but he facilitates well and gets it where it needs to be. Uh, and he's a bigger kid. He's 6'2, 200 pounds. And then, uh, we released a kid, uh, last on Friday night by the name of Tim Freeman. He's a freshman. I knew what we had in him, but I just didn't know if he was ready yet, but we went with it. He's a running back. Um, he's going to be a heck of, I think he rushed for 130 something yards. He just knows how to hit the hole in our offense and has done a great job. And then we have a few sophomores, Ian Bump, Aspen Dennis, that are playing both ways. We only play probably 14 guys, man. And it's, uh, <laughs> they got to be in some kind of shape. We throw a few guys in every now and then for a few plays. But, you know, we're definitely not, you know, that, that's, the, that's the thing we're trying to battle right now is building that depth. Those guys have played their hearts out, and, uh, and they're, they're continuing to get better, and they, and they worked hard in the offseason, trying to lift them and get them real strong. All right, Coach. So week three is coming up for you. Obviously, uh, you know, another game to prepare for this week. You got the Rangers from Northwest. They're going to be making the bus trip to Kalineski Valley as well. Uh, I'm curious, yeah. you know, what do you like about Northwest on film? What do you see that, uh, you know, you know you're going to have to really prepare for? Well, we played on Saturday, so we were able to go watch them against Montgomery. And I was impressed with just their speed and how fast they, you know, ran to the ball and how hard they worked to get to the ball how they didn't really, uh, you know, they just played hard. Um, they got they got a good quarterback that can run a little bit and throw a little bit. He's pretty tough. Um, and I, I was they got a middle linebacker, big, strong kid that also plays running back. So they're well coached. Um, they got a lot of different formations that they know what they're doing in, um, and they're pretty good at what they do. Uh, defensively, like I said, they run through the ball real well. So I think it's got a good matchup for us. I think it should be a good game. Hey, you know, it's always good uh, when you have kind of your X's and O's in a row. But, uh, you know, always, you know, I think the biggest thing now, maybe even for you, I don't know if maybe you thought about this as a challenge. Uh, how do you keep your guys uh, maybe uh, a little more level-headed, maybe uh, a little more focused <laughs> this week uh, after that win last week? I mean, seriously, that was a, a big win for those guys. Did you find the need to maybe, you know, have to maybe temper them down just a little bit, get them refocused for this week? Ah, uh, you know, maybe so. I don't, it's hard to say, but here's the deal. You know, I'm kind of like, I, I think it's really about your personal kind of how you approach the week. And so we didn't approach the week any different. I told the kids, I don't really care about the win because this week we're trying to go one and oh. Um, I've been a part of some programs and part of some teams where that's what you, you know, your concept is you're just trying to get better this week. So this week, let's just get one and oh. Let's not worry about last week because that's done with. So. In the meantime, I'm like that duck on the pond. I look nice and calm as I'm running around the pond there, but my feet are going 90 to nothing underneath the water. You can't see it. So it's kind of the same concept with the guys. It's just let's just go one, you know, one and zero this week. Just play, do this right, fix this, change that. We might do this, um, and let's just move forward as opposed to kind of looking back. You know, before uh, I got the interview going with you here, I was uh, kind of doing a little uh, recap of last week uh, in the NTL and such. And, you know, I find it interesting, you know, how sometimes styles can kind of uh, clash. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm heading towards uh, this week when, uh, you know, I talk about Canton and South Williamsport. I mean, Canton yeah. is just flying out of the gate right now. Obviously, you know, you know – the speed that they have, you know, the talent that they have on that sideline. But, you know, you yeah. also had the opportunity because, you know, you've got some athleticism on the outside as well. You've played South Williamsport in week one. What is it about South Williamsport that can just kind of frustrate uh, a coaching staff? Is it the fact that, you know, they just they stick to their game plan or the fact that they don't, uh, you know, get away from who they are? That's exactly right. They know who they are. They, they understand, you know, they're running the G. And if you try to adjust to that G, then they'll hit you with the toss. They'll try to get your end up field, but if you squeeze your end, then they'll run the toss. Then they got their bootlegs and play on offense. So they just kind of, you know, they de they kind of just hit you where they need to, and then they can throw that boot, and they, they do a really great job of just throwing some quick stop routes. So as you're running the ball against you, and they're coming right at you, and you, your outside guy starts sucking in, they'll hit you with a stop and then keep a drive going, stuff like that. So offensively, they just know who they are, and they have the patience, and they're well coached, and they know exactly what play that they're going to counter whatever you do defensively. So you got to have a few things in place, which I think Canton might be able to do because of their, you know, they got some experience, I think, and they're well coached. Um, on defense, you know, they're just sound. 
They're just sound. They're going to stay deep. They're not going to let you beat you deep. We hit a couple of long balls on them, and I know Wellsboro did as well. Um, but, you know, that's one of those ones where you better hang on to the ball because it doesn't happen very often. So um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's fun to watch. It's definitely uh, two different styles. Um, you know, I don't really – I haven't really seen Canton uh, in pads, but it, without pads, boy, I tell you what, they're rough and tumble. they got some, they got some go-go. Well, you know, and what's interesting is I think, you know, the fact that Wellsboro, uh, you know, kind of caught South last week and, uh, you know, gave South that first loss, I think makes that matchup just a little more yeah. intriguing. Yeah. You know, when you've got South coming back looking for something to prove, Canton, of course, looking to try and stay undefeated. So, yeah, I mean, that one's going to be uh, definitely something fun to, uh, get, fun to get after. But, you know, with you having that knowledge kind of of both teams, you know, it was kind of fun uh, to kind of get some insight there from you. But, Coach, going to turn the focus here back towards your team. I mean, obviously, you know, you're looking forward at this big one here with Northwest coming up on Friday. I mean, you're getting ready, uh, you know, probably uh, already gone through some pregame stuff. You got, uh, you know, the uh, matchup on the horizon here. I mean, what's uh, what's that final message rather uh, to your guys here in the locker room as you get ready for this week three matchup with Northwest? Just like we talked about before, it's really just about we know the mistakes that we made and we got to correct them. We can't have any turnovers. Uh, we got to still work on the penalties to make that right. And it's really just going to work. It's not, you know, we try not to get too high or too low with our emotion. We want to be excited, but we want to get another taste of that victory of beating somebody that, you know, usually doesn't happen. And the idea of Kalineski Valley being able to, to be in that position, the boys are in uncharted territory and they know that. And the school is too, you know, it's kind of like, well, they don't really know how to take it yet. So it's more about managing the boys, you know, kind of attitude moving forward with, you know, just trying to get better and understand that you belong. That It is more than just trying to play hard and be okay. It is about, you know, trying to get there and make the plays when the plays need to be made. He's not the uh, talk of the town for nothing this week, folks. Coach Mike Schmidt of Kalineski Valley, hey, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's got his team one and one. They're looking for win number two this week and uh, trying to keep that positive momentum going. Coach Schmidt, always a great time to have you here on the podcast. As I said, one of only two coaches to have appeared here three times. So uh, we definitely uh, enjoy all your insight and such. And good luck to you on Friday night and uh, good luck to the Indians here as this season continues. Hey, man, appreciate all you do for high school sports. Keep it up. We love it. Thanks, buddy. Man, it's always fun to talk with head coach Mike Schmidt from Kalineski Valley. And uh, there we go as the Indians get ready for their week three matchup uh, with Northwest coming up uh, Friday night this week. Uh, I want to thank Coach Schmidt, also Coach Masensky from Wellsboro for some great interviews this week. I want to thank all the fans out there for tuning in. Remember, give us a follow here on the NTL Now podcast on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and, of course, Twitter, too at NTL Now Pod. Radio broadcast this week. I will be with you at Troy with Central Columbia on Wiggle 100. My broadcast partner, Kenny Lane, Mickey Fox, they will have 95-3 the bridge coverage of Tawanda in Athens from the Endless Mountains Athletic Complex. Both games Friday night, 7 o'clock, so join us for those. Also uh, out there as well, want to give you a uh, good luck uh, wish to all of our area teams out there. No matter what uh, sport you're playing in over the weekend, looking forward to some more great competition here in the Northern Tier League. So uh, good luck to all of our area athletes out there as well. Folks, it's been a, another great pleasure to bring you another edition of the NTL Now podcast, but uh, time to sign off for now. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Shane Wilbur. Have yourselves a wonderful NTL Sports Week. I'll be back next week for another edition of the NTL Now podcast. As always, an exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.